Hello, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford, and welcome back to the MSP Show here on Blog Talk Radio. Wow, it's been like four years since we launched this program. Uh, well, four years since we did anything on this program. It's ten years since we launched this program back in 2007, 2008, when it was Small Business IT Radio, when I was running my MSP practice. And now, uh, after a four-year kind of break, um, you know, get, life gets busy, and you know, things get... Uh, Put on the back burner, burner, we decided to relaunch the uh, MSP show, and I couldn't think of a better person to invite as our first guest. So, we're going to get right down to business. We've got 60 minutes, and we're going to, uh, you know, introduce my good friend, long-term, long-time mentor, uh, I don't know what else I can call him, but, uh, you know, Stuart Phelps joins us now. A lot of uh, a lot of water on the bridge, too, since we, last time we spoke uh, publicly in a forum like this. But, uh, sure. How are things going, my friend? What, you know, what's new, what's new with you and Lori these days? Oh, we're good. We uh, back in October we launched our new company, Your Remote COO, where um, and uh, just uh, just having a good time doing that. We are uh, not only uh, doing um, uh, our uh, our business, but we're doing some traveling and and uh, it, it was nice to kind of take a step out of the um, the IT channel. Uh, for services, it's uh, and uh, we have one MSP client, but um, it's uh, it's most of our businesses are 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 non-technical related. So I think um, what we're learning, uh, not only in business but also in life, it it just it, it's we're just having a lot of fun um, with with what we're doing uh, personally and professionally. I think that's and that's great. When you ever you can chase your dream that's uh you know that's what you want i know you and i have gone back and forth a lot on you know what do we, actually what do we want to do when we grow up right so it's good to see that you're uh you're moving in the direction of you know growing up a little bit now don't grow up all the way because you know we yeah, feel like you know, you know, it's still, like still, still Stewart. yeah my my dream is still to have my barbecue food truck so um we'll uh maybe do that one day yeah, I know. I know you started that. Now, do you want to? You know, how did that go the first the first time around? You know, uh, we got a, we we did a couple things and for friends, a couple parties for friends, and it was great. But then I started looking into all the the legal mumbo jumbo, the operations of running a catering business and a food truck, and it was just more time that I really wanted to invest into that side of the business. Um, yeah, and I, and I say invest because I was hoping to get a return on that investment of time in the way of profits, and um, you know it's still kind of a, a dream. And we, I, I believe that we always have to have that dream of of wanting to do something. We may not do it or do it on a smaller scale, but um, you know, going through that exercise of putting that business together and then doing a couple parties and testing it out and. Um, and and then looking into the logistics and the legalities of that side of the business, it uh, it made me realize that you know as much as I love cooking and and it, it's a it's a hobby that I can make a little bit of money at, I'll leave it as, at that and, and make it a hobby that I can make a little bit of money at doing some stuff for friends. Very cool. Now for those uh, listening to us today on Blog Talk Radio, if you'd like to call in and ask myself or Stuart Phelps a question. Feel free to call in at area code six five seven three eight three zero six five nine. Again, that number is six five seven three eight three zero six five nine, and we'll get you on the air with us. And uh, you know, please feel free to share this episode on all your favorite social media channels, and the more the merrier. So we're in, we're in conversation with Stuart Selps from Remote uh, CEO. We're just getting started here. So Stu, tell us about Remote CEO. Uh, what was the vision behind that? Well, let's. Uh, I got to be very clear. There is a company out there called Remote COO. We're your Remote COO, and uh, literally the day we launched in our press release that we launched, the owner of that company called me and said I was a copyright infringement. So um, it was a nice couple conversations with our lawyer. So uh, we'll, we'll just put put that uh, sweep that under the rug for right now and talk about that at a later date. But um, the concept behind it is um, I was the chief operation officer for a couple different companies. Um, one of them being. Uh, uh, a, a PSA tool that got acquired by Kaseya a couple years ago, um, and then I was running an MSP, my my friend's MSP in Madison, Wisconsin, and 
Operations is something that I really, really love doing. It's the worst job in any company. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to be accountable to it. But but sometimes you just need to be a a hard ass, if I could say that, um, and, and, and to drive the company operationally. Um, because everyone's got great ideas, but operationally, a lot of companies just suck. So um, I've really enjoyed being in that position of running the operations, dealing with finance, dealing with vendors and, and you know, the hiring, firing, all the, all the minutia that nobody wants to do, putting standard operating procedures together and, and, and on and on and on and on. And it's, it's building the stuff that needs to be in a box in the company, right? Um, it's not marketing. It's not sales. It's not, it's not you know, uh, sometimes it is product design, but really marketing and sales are the stuff that's outside the box, but anything else, HR and, and, and how you do stuff, and you know, it needs to fit neatly in the box. And I am, uh, I, I love doing that. I, I, I found my passion for that over the last few years. And because I'm able to put all these uh, procedures and policies into a box, it has helped um, uh, uh, the company I was working for, which is now my client, Infotactics, grow revenues um, over three hundred thousand dollars with zero marketing and zero sales in the last year. Um, they literally went from six hundred k to a million in a year with zero added revenue. It's just putting the process together and higher profit margins and revisiting clients and stuff like that. So it's you know it's not only process and procedure. It was uh, it was client services as well. So. My uh, my brainchild of that is is one morning I was uh, talking to my wife and I said you know we really need to start this and it was probably like in August or September or July or something like that we're we're starting to cut out of what we what it would look like from a business perspective how we would be a uh, remote chief operation officers for for businesses and you know I've been doing it you know living in Arizona and working in Wisconsin um, we have this thing called the internet that Al Gore invented. And uh, so, so we utilize it. You know, we have the tool sets in Office 365. So I've been, been been able to be there, but not be there. I'm not a big fan of seven degrees. I like 70 degrees. Um, so, you know, with what I'm able to do, it, it's 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 nice to be able to do it remotely. And sure, you know, we go on site a couple three times a year and and just make sure and and do a rah rah with the team and clients and stuff like that. But for me to get stuff done, I don't need to be in my client's office all the time. So, so we took this whole concept of, you know, like you're a remote marketing company, or there's that uh, remote chief financial officers, and so we took the concept of of that, or uh, or even an MSP where they're a remote IT department, right? Um, and uh, we uh, we built it out to where we can do all the things that businesses need without the cost of hiring a chief operation officer full-time because the, the median salary for a COO in any company is about $165,000 a year. Stuart, you and I both know uh, MSP business owners that are making $165,000 a year salary. So um, we, we took the MSP approach to it, uh, my pricing model, which has always been by user, and we built a model around it of things that we saw small businesses need. The thing that I decided when I launched the business was not to work within the channel. Um, I, I had had enough of the IT industry, uh, and I have one IT customer because they're a very, very good friend. Um, our other clients are financial firms and, a, and, and a nonprofit foundations and a, uh, a, a network and a uh, financial wellness uh, organization. So, so we really took our knowledge of business and process and brought it to other companies. And uh, there's there's a couple other companies that are kind of in the hopper right now. One is a large, uh, finan- uh, another nonprofit out of D.C. that, that we're, we're talking to. Um, and actually another IT company that you referred me to out of Denver, um, uh, we have, uh, we've, we've been talking to as well. Um, really, the other thing that we did when we, when we started this business was not take on any client who can just fog a mirror. It was really about are we right for them? Are you right for us? Are your values, do they line up with our values? Are you about helping people? Are you about giving back? Are you about, you know, more things than just money? And um, uh, the clients we have are 
are like that. So we may have less clients. I take the whole Jerry Maguire philosophy, less clients, more personal service, and really put it into practice. And, and you know, it's not a huge moneymaker at this point. You know, we've been in business since October. We've got four clients, um, and three of those are fall under one company. But we love what we do. And we get to see the changes in, in, in other people's lives. So, um, so that's the whole concept behind uh, Promote CEO and what, what we did it and what we're doing about it. And uh, sorry to be a little long-winded on it, but I'm really passionate about, about helping these businesses uh, be uh, operationally efficient. Yeah, and you know that's and that's that's a, a good talking point that we we can expand upon because and although you, I know you mentioned you're not working in the channel, uh, and you know, that's a that's a great uh, that's some, a great decision you made and something I respect. Um, maybe you know, I mean I, I mean I'll ask you this: Are you uh, are you willing to share why you decided to move in a different direction after so many years in the channel? Was it just you needed, you needed a change, or uh, you wanted uh, or you wanted to experience uh, different industries or a little bit of both? How blunt am I able to be on this on the show? You can be as blunt as you want. Um. Okay, um, I'm gonna be really blunt. I can't stand the channel. It's changed. Um, it's a bunch of egos, and I got caught up in that years ago. I, I think I wrote a blog called "How I Was Chasing the Money" uh, up on my LinkedIn profile, and I decided right then and there that um, when we started this company, we were not going to focus on the channel. I did not want to bring ego into this business. I wanted it to be all about helping people. Um, I took my passion of my love for food, right? I took, I took my passion of what do I love to do, and I love to give back to people. I love to do, uh, see people happy. And so like when I do barbecue, right, uh, the joy on the faces of people eating brisket or pulled pork or ribs or whatever may, brings such joy to my heart. And it might sound uh, crazy, but, you know, when I can look at a P&L with uh, a CFO, and I can see that operationally we've reduced costs and increased profits and, and, and people are happy in their jobs and clients are happy. I'm doing my job, and that brings joy to my heart. And it may not be very profitable at this point, but the, the channel per se is all about chasing that same dollar over and over and over and over and over again. And I think that's the definition of insanity, too. Is, change, is doing the same thing over and over and over again and getting the same results. And the last thing, and, and, and I'll tell you, you know, 20 years in the channel was driving me insane. It, 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 uh, it wasn't good for my health. It wasn't good for my marriage. It wasn't good for my relationships uh, with other people. I was on the road all the time. Um, I worked for a really crappy company um, with a bad CEO, and I'll say that publicly, and... and and the person that took over my job messages me from time to time saying, you were right, you were right. You know, it's, it, it's all these things. And, and, and these companies that I absolutely love in the channel, I'll still love them in the channel. I think they do good things. But the channel hasn't changed, okay? It's still the same type of products or services to the same people. Nothing's changed. And something's got to change with it. And until I see it change, I can't. I can't force that change because every time I've tried to force change in the channel, I've gotten kicked in the nuts, and I'm done getting kicked in the nuts. So that's, you know, again, that's my really uh, blunt reason for getting out of the channel. And, you know, um, one of my relationships with you, Stuart, uh, was, was channel-related. And, you know, I'd rather have my great friendship with you and smoke cigars and drink whiskey with you when you come to Arizona than argue with you about sharing a client. Okay? It's just, it was stupid and, and dumb, and I... And I refuse to do it. I, I cherish what I have uh, with people and, you know, print company involved uh, as well. Um, you know, I cherish our friendship, and, and I don't want anything to ever ruin it. Yeah, I think you and I have been kicked in the nuts enough, haven't we, over, over the years. But uh, good points. Uh, so, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I don't necessarily disagree with, uh, you know, a lot of stuff you said. I mean, you know, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is the amount of companies that take – the MFP, uh, take advantage of the MFPs out there, you know, trying to soak every uh, every hard-earned dollar that they make, uh, you know, and there's numerous of them, and we won't go into details today, but, you know, they're, it's, it's remarkable how many people are soaking MFPs for everything these days, and 
It's, it's such a shame. But let's get let's get let's look let's look at the operations, Stu, and let's let's look at something more a little bit more positive. Um, yeah, let's make it fun. So, you know, let's, but you know, since, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of put bring in your knowledge of the MSP market because this show is designed for sure. managed service providers. You know, operationally, and again, I invite you to be as open, candid, blunt, whatever word you want to use as, as you want to be. What is and I you know and I and I realize that my target market is the MSP that's you know from one one two man operations all the way up to 100 employees. What is the biggest operational challenge that an MSP has today? They do not understand their business. I mean, it's a broad statement. They do not understand their business. They don't understand the finances behind their business. They don't understand that. Um, uh, their tool sets are just tool sets. They're not a they're not a cost of goods sold. They don't understand their their P and L. They don't know how to read it. They're not working with uh, a CFO type person. They may be working with a bookkeeper. Um, they don't understand their run rate. They don't understand labor rates. They they still try to do too much themselves. The business owners, especially the small guys, the big guys, they they've got it a little bit better under control. They don't have documented, written in paper standard operating procedures. And there's good tools out there that. That, that can do that for you, but you got to document them. How do you do? How do you build a server? How do you roll out a computer? How do you onboard a client? What are your costs for that? There's a cost to everything. And and our MSP client that we work with right now, InfraTactics, even this morning, Don and I were going over the cost of delivering services to an existing client because we're changing their because they've grown so much. We we're they're asking us to adjust our price, which I'm I'm happy to do. Um, because we have automation built in, but we're ev- everything has a cost center. Okay, everything, whether it's your RMM tool, your PSA, you've got to you've got to uh, use whatever percentage of that, and you've got to understand what your key performance indicator to each person and to each product is doing. And that's where COO comes in. Okay, I take all of that. Okay, and I mush it up and I spread it out and I figure out what is my cost to deliver services to each individual user. I don't care if it's a three-person company or a 300-person company. My cost per user is exactly the same. Now, when I sell it, could be completely different. But my cost, my run rate, my staff, my keeping the lights on, rent, Internet services, RMM tools, PSA tools, whatever, de- backups and what uh, data centers, I know my cost, and I can break it down literally to, to within a dime of uh, per user. And so you don't understand what it costs. Most MSBs don't understand what it costs to run their business. And so we understand that. So we understand that they don't. They don't understand the costs. And I think you also mentioned in there, especially in the smaller guys, they're too much in the weeds. And I find, you know, and I find that. Uh, as well when it comes to marketing as well. Uh, but so knowing all this great information, do how do how do you recommend let's let's take let's just take an MSP who's five to ten employees. Okay. You know, Somewhere in the million dollar million dollar revenue. Yeah, rate. million dollar range, right? Because you know, at, at the on the smaller on the smaller scale, they're too busy still, you know, getting their heads in the servers and dealing with fires from clients and they don't have the, they don't have no I mean you and I know that they should be focusing on that, but they they really don't have the time because they you know, maybe there's some trust issues about hiring people or, or whatever right. the reason, but they're still doing service calls for under a million people. And I was like that too when I was running my OC. Until we had a million dollars right. when I started really focusing on doing business development full time in my business. Right. Uh, and I and I don't necessarily agree agree with the likes of the Carl Pelichucks of the world that says you need to hire an office administrator. Right. I think the <laughs> I think the business owner I think the business owner needs to look at what they love doing and do that. Right. So don't, so don't we, go into sales we, we have a, so let, me, let me let me finish. Don't go into oh, sales yeah, and marketing. Please, please, I'm sorry. You, because somebody tells you you should be doing sales. The owner needs to do sales and marketing. If the owner loves doing tech work, hire the other let stuff out. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's exactly what I do with him for tactics. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I do with him for tactics. Don is not a salesperson. He's he's an engineer, and he's a good, really, really good engineer. But then let's take somebody like we both know, Paul, Paul Bush. Okay, I'm going to use use our friend Paul at Paul's one source. Paul's a fantastic guy. Yep. 
Paul is a fantastic guy. He was a coaching client of mine when I was coaching. He's awesome, one of the kindest, smartest people I know. But one of the things that's great about Paul is he knows his place, right? He knows what he does as a CEO, but he also knows that every one of his technicians, because that's all he, he hires is like technicians, um, they're all in sales. Everyone's in sales. Paul sometimes goes and does the tech work because he likes it, but he's also a biz dev guy. And, he's, uh, and one of the things I love about because he's like the perfect example of what an MSP should strive to be like, um, and Kevin Kilpatrick also, both those guys uh, that I work with, but, but Paul, since he's your client right now, um, that's what an MSP should strive to be like. And, and you know, Paul's revenue is in seven figures, and he's got nine or ten people, and, you know, he's, he's meticulous about his clients that he brings on. And he's also meticulous about documentation, standard operating procedures, and, and doing things in, in kind of an operational box. Um, so it, it, it's fantastic. Okay, so I like to use Paul as an example and say, look at what this guy does, um, you know, and how he runs his business. But then you also have other people that that we both know that run it by the seat of their pants. Okay, and we we all know, you know, the Charlie Brown type of uh, uh, MSP businesses, right? That are um, that are just kind of you know. Uh, over and over and over again, they're they're repetitive. Lucy's pulling the football out, right? And um, they're running it by the seat of their pants. They're running it by what's in the ATM or, or what's what, what the bank statement says. They're not they're not looking at the long term budgets. They're not looking at how you know where who who works at the who, uh, what kind of staff people they actually need. They're not looking at their tool sets. They're not making investments in tool sets. And 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 they're running the business. And there's nothing wrong with a lifestyle business. So so. So if I if I offend anybody on this that's listening that I call it a lifestyle business because my business is a lifestyle business I'm not trying to get rich by it, um, but running it as a lifestyle business when you're trying to engage with clients, uh, it's really difficult at the beginning. You got to drive it that uh, for where you want to see it, not where it is today, but where it's where it's operationally going to be down the road. Um, so my my beef with the small MSP who doesn't get all the stuff that I've been talking about is they're not taking enough time to step back. They're still always in the weeds and don't know how to get out of it, okay? And they'll hire that office administrator who does not know technical, that cannot service the client. Um, they'll... Um, the phone. Anybody can be taught to reply to an email, it's do you have that customer service in your heart as you're growing this business because that's how you're going to win every single day um, it, it is engaging with the client. So, um, you know, I get off topic from time to time when, when I get a little excited, but um, it's, it's just kind of we one all of those do. things. Yeah. We all do. So it's funny that you mentioned the Charlie Brown type of uh, MSP out there because we all know those, we all know those types and, um, you know, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to uh, paint all small MSPs with the same brush. You know, there there are the Charlie Brown type MSPs out there who are, you know, continuously putting out fire after fire after fire. But there's also some small small MSPs who have the potential to grow into big MSPs. Uh, and uh, you know that I think is it. I, you know, if I hear you, hear you correctly, Stu, is, is is setting that operational foundation at an early, in the early stages the best recommendation you can make to a small MSP is make sure they have all their operational ducks in a row before they start hiring people? I would say they have all their operational ducks in a row before they start selling services. Um, when you're starting a business, I mean, we took two and a half months to build out the operational procedures for your remote COO. So we took two months to build operational procedures for an operations company. Um, and, you know, again, in my experience, 20-plus years in the channel – is uh, I've seen so many MSPs um, just start up because somebody needed a job, right? They needed to make payroll. They needed to uh, make their house payment. They started a company because they needed a job because they lost their job or, or, or whatever reason. Um, but if you don't take the time to prepare, okay, operationally, how to serve, even how you're going to deliver services or what tool sets you're going to need, um, Let's just take the most important tool set in an MSP's world, their PSA, right? 
PSA does everything, right? CRM, ticketing, uh, billing, whatever. If you're not taking a few minutes to look at TigerPaw, ConnectWise, AutoTaz, uh, Kaseya, um, whatever, and how it fits your job, take the cost out of it. The cost is, is the cost of just being in business. Um, if it doesn't work for you, then don't use it, right? But you've got to find that process. That you've got to find that product, sorry, to build a process around. Um, you know, if you're not willing to get investment... All right, I think we lost Stu there for a second. Uh, hopefully we'll come back on here in a second once his uh, point connection. Oh, there, you're back now. Now he's gone again. I think he's having some IP issues there or connectivity issues with it. So, you know, I, you know, he's got, it's, Stuart brings some, uh, you know, good points here, and he's, he's dialing back in. The, you know, I think it's very, very important to understand which tool sets and which products you want to look at, and in, you know, invest into those, into those solutions, for you know, now while you're at, you know, if it's, you know, it does, and we're not, I don't care if it's ConnectWise or if it's AutoTask or it's something else. Make sure it's the right solution for you, and you know, and then you're you're starting to roll it out properly. One of the, you know, there's lots of great uh, companies out there that can help you. Since since Stuart doesn't work in the in the channel, we can, you know, we can definitely connect with, uh, you know, other firms out there. But, you know, it makes a good point that, you know, we really we really need to make sure that you have the right tool set. So, Stu, sorry, we, you dropped out there a little bit here, but now we got you back. Yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah, I need an MSP. My Internet just went out. So, um, so sorry about that. So, yeah, but, but building those, like I was saying, but building those processes before you go and get that first client or before you go and get that first whatever – it's going to help you down the down the down the down the road. Now, standard operating procedures are just that; they're standard. Okay, they're a living, working, breathing document. Okay, you can always make changes to it. I call it building a better mousetrap. Um, and there's always a way to build a better mousetrap as you mature as a business owner, or you as you mature as a business. Period. So it's uh, you know, if you if you find a way to do something today, and you and and down the road, a year, two, three, five, six months, whatever, uh, you find a better way to do it. Change your operating procedure. Update your clients with what you're doing. Um, but, yeah, if you don't have those operation standards in place in the beginning, you're going to be scrambling, and you won't um, – it'll take you longer to, to find success than, uh, than spending a, a, a couple days, a couple months, a couple weeks, whatever happens to be, um, uh, you know, going to market. Okay, so we're gonna, now we're going to combine your favorite topic and my favorite topic and, and talk about the importance of – Marketing and sales, but from an operational uh, viewpoint. Okay. So, you know, marketing and sales also have to, be, you know, have processes and procedures around it as well. One of the things that drives me nuts is these you know, MSPs that just go throw a bunch of crap against the wall and see and see what sticks, or. Or they get a call from one of their vendors, or they are on some LinkedIn or Facebook group, and somebody says, "Oh, I'm put, I'm getting I'm getting a, a billboard space at a movie theater," and and they go and they go running around. They you know they, they that's that that's the shiny lights do. They they get and they're always chasing the shiny light, and then they wonder why a year later mm-hmm. their company hasn't grown much. So talk about the importance of marketing from an operational perspective. What are you seeing there from your clients? You know, inside the cha- you know the ones inside the channel that you work with, but even outside the channel, how are they attacking marketing? Um, they are making they're, they're so. Infotactics does not do a whole lot of marketing. We, uh, we actually uh, we're, we're we're on the marketing in a box with Ulistic, and it's good. We and we use a bit of it, um, but let's talk about my outside the channel client just for just for a second. Um, so we, so they're a startup. Um, again, it, it goes back to what I call myself sometimes startups too. And um, so they're they're a startup. So we just launched in January, and they started their marketing very very carefully, very 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 quietly through some Facebook ads and some LinkedIn stuff. And it's been it's you know and it's been fantastic. Uh, they started some different communities for some of the different things they do. And it's been really really quiet. One of the companies that they do have is a network of other professionals that feed into their um, 
financial advisory uh, business. And so those people in the in the in the in the uh, in the resource network of people are feeding business in there. So they've gotten people to not only buy in, but they've also gotten those people who have bought into this network like a BNI or Latip to also be their marketing arm. So it's it's a beautiful thing that they've done. So from an operational perspective, I track all that, right? Um, so if people aren't tracking their, their marketing, okay, and I'm sure you tell this to people all the time, Stuart, if, if they're not tracking their marketing where the where the dollars are being sent spent, sorry, um, or their um, or, you know, how how it's going and where where it's going then um you know who who knows where their those operational marketing dollars um are are being returned at right i'm a i'm a big uh um i'm a big fan of tracking everything and so uh from a marketing operational perspective um if you're not tracking it you don't know where those marketing dollars are going or where you should continue to invest those marketing dollars um you don't know where the clients are coming from. Um, you know, it's like, you know, some of the VoIP systems out there will help you set up a special number for, for uh, landing pages, right? So it's a great way to track where those leads are coming from. It, you know, it's, you know, but marketing operations need to work hand-in-hand hand together. And, um, and if they're not, then uh, something's going to lose, right? And it's usually your marketing dollars are going to lose because you, you don't know where to reinvest the next round of marketing dollars, and 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 very and a very fair statement there is that, you know, we have to you know obviously track, you know, every, you know I, I'm a big fan of tracking everything, you know, tracking every little piece of marketing we do, to make sure that we uh, you know we are we know that we're, we're we have a good idea where things are coming from, but sometimes in the marketing world it's it's hard to say hey did that one ad on Facebook do it for us, or was it the four or five other pieces that uh, led up to that person seeing the ad on Facebook, so it's a li- sometimes a little harder to track. But uh, you know, definitely everything needs to be tracked as well. What about from a sales, you know, sales operations? Because that's something you don't hear very often. Uh, Stu, is you know, sales operations. Then we talk about sales processes and sales, you know, salesmanship. But what about sales operations? You know, what are you uh, what are you advising your clients on when it comes to sales operations? Um, the biggest thing I can tell my clients from sales operations is follow up, right? Um, you know, up, so here's the thing. So uh, the sales team at, at our at our uh, financial client, um, one of the things that I tell that that team in the mornings is, we are your support team. Whatever you need, let us know. So sales must communicate with operations. They've got to tell us what's going on, what orders are coming in, keep us up to date. Get us your commission reports, things like that. But even from a sales operation perspective, follow up. You know, manage your calendar. Things, things along those lines. Um, you know, even if you don't have a sales admin, your ops team should be supporting you. And that's what I tell sales. The and, and build a process around it. Obviously, everything must have a process. But um, if sales is not communicating with the operations team of your business, something's going to fall through the cracks. Um, operations is more than just an administrative bunch of people. There are people many, making sure that the that the business stays afloat, that the the deals are profitable, that they're that they're um, that people are getting paid commissions and things like that. So from a sales perspective, um, uh, you know, follow your operations person's lead on how they're going to build out the process, the workflow to bring on a client to to follow marketing because. Um, Marketing is always the precursor to sales, right? So if your marketing's not working, you don't have leads to produce for for your sales team. So it, it comes back to again, I'm going to keep reiterating: um, is sales must work with operations so the sales can be completed. Um, because the last thing a salesperson wants is to go sign a deal, whether it's a managed service deal or whatever kind of deal, and then the operations or support team can't deliver on that. And that's just going to make the salesperson look like a, a bumbling idiot, and that's not what we want. And even if it's a small company, um, you know, one or two, three-person MSP, you know, for instance, if you don't have your processes done in place for onboarding, for delivering services, for billing, for you know, whatever else, you're going to fall on your face and have have an issue. So, 
Um, I think sales operations um, falls into right after the marketing piece takes over and the person and the clients engage. Work with operations for that onboarding. Keep them in the loop of what's going on, um, and and just keep it running uh, uh, with good communication. If you guys can't communicate, then then you're going to have uh, sales issues. You're not going to you're not going to make sales. So I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on one thing, and if it's if it's all the things in the world that we disagree in this one thing, that then we have a good relationship. You mentioned something about uh, marketing's job is to get leads, and that's where I kind of disagree with you. In and I no 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 I I, I you might have misunderstood me. It's not marketing's job to get leads. It, it's the precursor to sales. It's the, uh, marketing right. is all about generating uh, uh, knowledge of who the company is. Yeah, I always say to people, marketing's job is to create uh, activities for your sales professionals to follow up on. If it's a web, you know, people register for a webinar or attend a lunch and learn or download an ebook or or something, I'm going to give you a list of 50 people who've taken some level of interest in that. It's now now those are 50, you know, people that you need to follow up on who can then then you can convert them into interesting interested prospects about your products and services. And I think that's the biggest bit disconnect with marketing, especially on, uh, really, especially on the small guy side. Too, is, you know, they think my job is to get them leads. No, my name, my job is to get them a list of people that they can execute a sales process against to determine who sure. is interested in their products or services. And that's, you know, we use leads loosely, but really, if you're if you're attacking marketing in a thing that's gonna it's gonna get you lead now, yes, you know, one of the things marketing doesn't do, and it does it does happen it happened this week actually. You know, marketing generated a sale. Now, marketing rarely generates a sale. Like somebody says, just bring your contract over and I'm ready to sign it. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. But I'll tell you this, this is what most, that's what most MSPs think a lead is, that somebody who wants to buy their services right now, and they, don't, and, they, and they don't understand that that process of nurturing and, uh, you know, stroking and whatever you have to do to that, pro, that interested party could sometimes take, Many, 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 many weeks or months, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So that's that's. I think that's the biggest issue that we see, you know, from our side, anyways. Is that uh, the the standard MSP thinks that my job is to get them leads. When no, my job is to get them people interested in talking to talking to them about the products and services, or giving their sales professionals something to follow up on. If it's a webinar registration, something like this, people who attended a, a thing like this or, uh, you know, or something else. So I always like to vent about that when, when somebody says, no, that might right. well, get them leave. It's like, it's, it's like uh, this morning or this week. Um, for, uh, I was looking for new business insurance, called an agent or emailed an agent said, Hey, I need to talk to you. Someone I've known for a long, long time. Uh, got an email back and said, I'll call you at a certain time. Okay. Great, perfect. I'll be at my desk. I was waiting, 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 waiting. Finally, at two thirty, they called. Hey, you got time? No. You, you, and I said, you lost the business. But but Stu, we're friends. I don't care. <laughs> I needed you to call me at a certain time, and so I said, thank you very much. Da, 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 and then emailed me a minute later and said, hey, I had a client. You know, I'm sorry about this. Da da da. Uh, I had a client that had a issue. And I replied back to that email and said, you should have sent this email to me four hours ago. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's right. That's, that's, no, that's, 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 the the biggest, that's the biggest. You know, I always look at, you know, and again, we're getting off topic. This, and this is what you and I do often when we talk. But, you know, that's why I say that if you, if you don't have a dedicated person answering your phone, like on your website, right. your phone number on your website, if it goes to an um, automated attendant, or something you you need to have somebody answering your phone 24/7 and there are services out there for that person who will answer your phone and say hey thank you for calling Joe M- Joe's MSP how can i help you and you can get that sure. information and then and then you make sure you uh you follow up on that person cuz i don't you know what you're a little nicer than i am i don't care that you Not have really. a customer problem again again i don't care you had a customer problem you should have called me you should have emailed me that 4 hours ago just like you said Anyway, back on operation because right. we go all over, we you and I go all over the place. But that's an operational thing that you can fix, right? That's part of the process, right? Right. And you know, it, again, it goes back to that salesperson, and this could be the same thing for the for the 
for the insurance person or an MSP, hey, the, the insurance person is not going to be able to call me at that certain time. Have your assistant call me. Have your operations person call the client. I'm sorry, Stuart ran into uh, an issue. Uh, we have an emergency. Can we reschedule? You know, here's the thing. Sales and operations, it's all about common courtesy. When you break it all down, it's all about being kind to one another. Nobody out there mm-hmm. owes you anything, right? You make it on your own. But you know what? People will owe you if you're nice to them, and they'll do things for you if you take care of them. And that's what operations is about, whether it's sales operations, market operations, or business operations. You take care of people. You service them. You put processes in place to get things done efficiently. And when you're efficient with people, then they'll, they'll respect it. If you treat them like, oh, they're always going to be there, guess what? They're not always going to be there. It's like the boy who cried wolf type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So, Stu, now, you know, in the last 20 minutes or so that we have together this morning, um, let's talk about how an MSP can fix it. You know, and, again, if you, want, if you have a, a question for myself or for Stuart Selfs, the call-in number is 657-383-0659. And I'm talking to Stuart Selfs from your remote CEO. I'll make sure I get that your in there. Um, out of uh, the, the Phoenix, Arizona area. Uh, long-time friend of the channel, uh, although uh, looking at different pastures now, which is which is great. So, Stu, you know, going back to you know, how do we how do we fix this? You know, what's the you know what's the first step an MSP should take to you know implement uh, a, a proper oper- operational culture in their company? They need to be able to have a place, uh, a storage place for um, all their all their SOPs, whether it's a binder on the on the on the bookshelf or online, you know, uh, SharePoint or something like that. But they need to start documenting how they do stuff. I mean, it could be as, as minute as how do we open the office in the morning, turn, open, uh, open the front door, turn on the lights, power on the monitors, whatever it happens to be. It could be that granular. But even if it's more broad, more, more high level, right, this is how we um, – this is how we do this. This is how we build servers. This is how we roll out a, uh, a new client. This is how uh, our call flows go for our, whether it's an automated attendant or an outsource, uh, pick it, someone picking up the phone, or if the phone rings internally to the help desk. This is how we, this is how we answer the phone. This is how we troubleshoot X, Y, Z. Let's have a FAQs or, or a wiki or someplace uh, 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 to, to store information, search information to get back to the client. Um, Start building that out, okay? And if you if you have started it, make some time to work on it, okay? And not just you as the business owner, it's not just all on you, okay? You need to, because you're hopefully not doing all the work anymore, but you need to bring your staff into it, and you need to engage with them and give them an assignment. Have one person on your staff be the champion to document X, Y, Z, your PSA, your RMM, your backup, your this, your that. If you're, you've got a help desk lead, this is how we answer the phone. This is our greeting. Thank you for calling such and such MSP. This is Stu. Can I help you? Um, how you answer the phone is going, you know, is the first thing that, that, that is the first impression of any prospect or client, okay? Do they feel good, right? How do, how do they feel? Everything's a feeling. So if you start putting these documentation processes together, then you start building out your standard operating procedures. You have standard operating procedures. Now you're going to start to become operationally efficient because you're going to see what was broken. Okay? As you document it, you'll see what's broken, and you'll make changes, and you'll make changes, and your staff will make changes, and, and together you'll work on this, and, and you become more, a more fluid, efficient group. And when you're running efficiently, okay, your profits go up because now you can automate more. You can see where you're, you're, you might be uh, employee-heavy or client-heavy or client-light, right, um, and go and, and, and potentially upsell those clients to, to pay more money, right? We, we had a client that, that called up a, couple, a year ago and said, hey, you're not charging us enough. Um, we'll take more money from you. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. When, when you see where you're at and what needs to change, because there's always a better mousetrap out there, and there's a, a lot of industry standards for stuff, right, uh, that are out there. You know, I'm sure, Stuart, you might have some stuff or some of your vendors might have some stuff on how to do X, Y, Z, uh, standard operating procedures for whatever. 
um, that, that'll help out a lot. You put that in that binder. And I'm a big fan of actually having a, an SOP binder on the wall. In, in high school, I worked at McDonald's. You know, McDonald's is all about standard operating procedures for everything. So I think that's kind of where I got it. Um, but, you know, if you have that binder up on the wall and you can flip to it, or you have it online in SharePoint or uh, a product like, uh, what is it, IT Glue, something like that, you can find that standard operating procedure, that, uh, that, that documentation for that. Then you're on to something. Then you're going to kind of build it out. I know my friends that are MSVs that, that, use, uh, that, that, that uh, document everything, they're much more efficient. They're able to do more with less um, and, and be super, super profitable. So I say start documenting stuff today. If, if you need a place to start. Wonderful. All right, Stu. So that's that that's a good that's a good starting point. What about for the, you know, what about for the guy? And, you know, we'll talk about the one gentleman that we that uh, we uh, both well I work for right now that I'm looking at having you come on board. That's a little bit more mature, uh, but you know, operationally wise, still needs some help. What a, you know, they have so they have their PSA, may have some rudimentary kind of operations. What about what you know? How can you help? Uh, and I know you're not working in the channel, but hypothetically, if you were working in the channel, <laughs> how, how how can how can a guy like you help um, help an MFP uh, become you know you know operationally sound? Right. So let's talk about this this uh, one client that you're already working with and that we're talking to. Um, they're a good size MSP, and they're very vertical focused. It really makes me happy. Um, but even as this good size MSP, they are operationally failing. Um, they um, they have nothing documented. Nothing documented. Everything's in everyone's head. So we need to look at that. And and let's just take the next level. Take this. Let's say this MSP had everything documented already. All right. Why do they? Mm-hmm. Why do they need us? Right? What What are they struggling with operationally? And so that's the question. Okay, that's part of the question. Is um, what? Are, where are they struggling operationally? Are, are they struggling hiring people? Are they hi- struggling having the right people in the right places? Are people getting burned out on their jobs? Um, um, what about the client retention? Client retention was 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 a subject that that he that they that they and I talked about uh, when, we, when we spoke a couple weeks ago. Um, it's keeping clients. So so the win a client, lose a client, win a client, lose a client. So they're kind of staying stagnant, right? But how do we take that and grow, all right? It's teaching people to be better, uh, better at customer service. It's looking for opportunities and asking questions. Do, do you have a list of 20 questions that your help desk asks after a call? Do you take surveys? Are you engaging with the client to get better? So th- this is, a, this is a, a problem that I've seen, even in larger MSPs, that they take their client relationship for granted um, because they've had them for so long. And they don't sit down and ask, where's their business going? What's next? The operations team should be doing a lot of that, or even the help desk or account managers should be doing a lot of that. And we forget about um, massaging and keeping the relationships that we currently have because we're always looking to build more. We're always looking to get that next sale, okay? We're never satisfied with what we have today. Um, But what we have today, uh, if you dig a little bit, it's probably your gold mine. Uh, and it's just engaging with them. So uh, I would I would give any advice to any MSB, any size, that look at how you're treating your current clients. Are they a paycheck to you, or a check every month, or are they a partner with you? If they're if you can't make them a if they're not a partner and you can't make them a partner, yeah, it's okay to treat them as a as a check, and and they get they don't get that white glove service. But if you want to change the relationship with them and give them that white glove service, and they're willing to pay for it, and they want that, communicate with them. You will find more untapped op- sales opportunities in those clients that you already have operationally once you engage with them. Word, good words of advice there, Stu. Really good. Um, all right. So, you know, going forward here, I, you know, this is this has been, this has been a great conversation. Uh, folks, if you want to learn more about your remote CEO, if you have uh, clients that you work with that could use uh, Stuart's help, I'm sure he would uh, not say no to any good referrals that are that are out there. Uh, go ahead and visit your remote. Uh, there you go. It's your what's the website? Yeah. Your remote CEO.com? 
Yeah, it's yourremoteco.com. We pay up to five thousand dollars for referrals. So you know, you know, I know, uh, I know, Stuart not working uh, presently, you know, too much in the channel, uh, not, and uh, but yeah, any other industries, every other, every industry has operational challenges and operational needs. So if you were running across a client that could use uh, the services of uh, Stuart and Lori or your remote CEO or COO, feel free to uh, shoot them a line. Uh, so as always, it, it's really a pleasure to to chat with you. And, and, you know, every time we talk, I learn something, you know, something new. Um, you and I have uh, known each other for quite a long time, and we've grown over the last uh, considerable amount of time, you know, uh, I think it's got to be like at least eight years now or something like that. Anyway, um, you know, I just want to, take a few minutes to thank you for uh you know your your time to come on this morning and, and talk to the folks today oh it's, it's my pleasure Stuart. i'm always happy to do it you know we're we're busy but you know i'm always happy to make make time for uh for you uh for your business and your audience and and whatever you need so i, I I'm, I'm hoping you'll ask me back to talk about more cool stuff and you know, as we grow in 2018 as, as companies and, and personally and 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 in our in our relationship uh, we can come up with some cool topics to uh, to discuss. Oh yeah, I think that I think that should be no problem. We you and I seem to have a good way of doing that. Anyways, everyone, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for your time this morning. And uh, Stu again, once again, thanks for your time. Next week, join us uh, same time for the MSP show. We're going to have Darren Coleman from Coleman Technologies out in uh, Langley, British Columbia, Canada. Darren's going to come and talk about how he got to speak at Harvard. Uh, and the process around marketing uh, his MSP in, in Langley, BC, uh, and uh, you know, meet, and how the important role that media and PR played in his road to Harvard. Again, everyone, thanks again for your time. We'll see you next Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern time for the MSP show. Thanks again, Stu. Thanks for everyone for listening. <laughs>